You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast, our preview podcast, where we talk about the upcoming game. And this is a big one. Training camp is over. Preseason game three, the finale this year. Roster spots on the line, and we're going to get into it, talk about every position, all the players that need to play up big on Friday night. But before we get into all of that, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. On Twitter, and with me as always for First Bite is Ryan Matthews, our senior editor at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, we're almost there, man. We are almost there, and we may be sunburnt, we may be tired, but we have made it through one of the most sweltering, hot, just, I mean, it, it seems like we need an oasis, and maybe preseason game three can provide a provide us with an oasis in, in what a in, in, in a preseason that has mostly been a mirage I feel like yeah and you know what I, I think I think what the true oasis is going to be is that rather than there just being this mad scramble of cuts after the last preseason game we're actually going to have a couple days to to think it over and and we don't really know how the coaches are going to use it but normally you get the the preseason game which is either Thursday or Friday night the cuts start coming on Saturday and sun and it used to be the game was on Thursday Cuts are on Friday and Saturday, uh, practice squad on Sunday. Now the cuts don't have to come until Tuesday. So Lions, everyone's going to have a full weekend to think it over. Players are going to have to be have to have their phones by their side for, you know, 96 hours or whatever it is. Uh, and, and so are, so so will the media, really. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about the preseason game because players have one more opportunity, really, to, to make an impression on coaches and. If you look at this Lions team, I think there's a lot up for grabs. I know Dan Campbell said earlier in the week he thinks about 80% of the roster is set and that, that final 20% uh, still up for grabs. I almost think it might be more than that, but um, let's, let's you know, we'll start with the offense here. Might as well start at quarterback here uh, because based on practice today, kind of looks like David Blau might get the first team reps on, on Friday. And obviously that means Tim Boyle has dropped down at least this week. Um, the question here is, is there a roster spot on the line? If so, does that mean Tim Boyle's in danger? You know, we, we speculated about this, uh, you know, going back all the way to preseason game one in terms of how much is that QB2 going to play? And then after that first preseason game, it was, OK, well, now are the two going to flip? Is David Blau going to get a chance to run with the twos? And that, you know, didn't turn out to be the case. But now it seems like it, it could be the case uh, where David Blau gets a chance to run with the quote unquote ones because it doesn't seem as though the Lions are going to play a lot of their starters in this in this game uh, to close out the preseason. So 
I don't think so, Jeremy. I, I think that when it comes to the quarterback position, I think that the Lions are going to keep all three guys. I, uh, I think I would be rather surprised if they didn't keep all three. And I know Dan Campbell made comments along the lines, you know, to paraphrase him, you know, we'll keep three quarterbacks if there are three quarterbacks worth keeping. Yep. I, I think that they're just going to do a safe thing and they're going to go with all three of these guys. You know, Tim Boyle was QB two for long enough. I don't, I don't think that he necessarily did enough damage um, to hurt his stock. I think in, in the two games that he played, um, I, I think that he, that that first preseason game, you look at his box score, and if you do box score hunting, Tim Boyle has had a pretty bad preseason, right. hasn't he? Um, yeah. But I, I think I think it can almost be said um, decidedly that preseason game one, not so much his fault. He was under duress an, an yeah. awful lot of the time behind that you know second string offensive line. They played a little bit better in preseason game two. However, Tim Boyle did not. So. I don't know. Are are you feeling like the team keeps all three of these guys? Yeah, I've I've been riding that train for a while, and I don't think I'm going to budge from it. But I do still think that that there's something potentially still on the line for these quarterbacks, right? Like I think I think the backup job is still potentially on the line, right. regardless I of agree. whether they keep a, a a second or third string guy as well. So, um, it, it it should be a big night for Tim Boyle. Like it it it's I think a lot's on the line, and and I I do think there's an opportunity for him to lose a roster spot. He'd have to be just as bad as he was last week, maybe even more so. But um, but yeah, I, I think there's a little bit on the line here. But yeah, because of COVID protocols, because, you know, this team, I mean, I think you can look at the Jordan Te'amu thing a, a little bit of just like how serious they are about these two guys. Like they didn't even give that guy a shot. He, he was simply just brought in because they needed a potentially if one of those guys is injuries lingered into the preseason game it didn't so they barely even gave the dude a shot so i think they like these two guys a lot and i know you know the public's perception of, of tim boyle is a lot worse than probably mine since i see him every day and you guys have seen him with you know one and a half pretty bad performances so i i think they're going to keep three but i do think there's there's potentially an opportunity for one of those spots to slip away from one of those guys yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. Like the pecking order of QB2 and QB3 can be decided, but I think ultimately they end up do keeping three guys. I'd be pretty surprised if they don't keep all three. Um, yeah. But, you know, that brings us to the running back position. Uh, you know, as you noted in your camp observations, was it yesterday that, you know, DeAndre Swift comes back to practice? Yep. And, you know, the ring rust that maybe a lot of us were expecting to see on Swift because of Dan Campbell's comments earlier in the week were not really founded like it looks like that guy is just like ready to go and you know maybe dan campbell knows better than we do in terms of whether or not he's he's all the way up to you know um to football speed but he looks ostensibly he looks like a guy who is ready for week one would you say i would think so and and even more promising he he basically got a full workload today as well and so when you when you're coming back from an injury you, you do one full day and you're able to come back the next day, that's that's a really good sign. So I don't know if, if that's Dan Campbell playing some some games with DeAndre Swift, like saying you got to get your butt in gear. Um, but it, it, it was interesting to hear um, basically um, the assistant head coach, the running backs coach, Deuce Staley, say the exact same thing today after practice. So I think I think they're just kind of lighting a fire under him, but we're, we're almost certainly not going to see him on Friday. We're definitely, I, I guess we're probably not going to see Jamal Williams either, which means... We've got, what, a four-man race for RB3, and I, I think it's closer than some people give it credit for. Like, I think most of us, including myself, are penciling Jamar Jefferson in, the, the seventh-round pick. But in terms of guys making plays, 
Godwin Iguabuke made some plays last week. He scored a touchdown. Diedrich Mills has made a few plays. And then obviously Craig Reynolds, who is now uh, forever going to be known as Netflix, uh, as, yeah. as Deuce Daly called him, because that's what he was doing when they signed him. He was watching Netflix. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think this has the potential to be one of the more exciting battles to watch on Friday night, because I think all four of these guys are capable of making plays. And maybe this isn't the most exciting part of this matchup, but I think I think special teams could be the the thing that tips the scales. Yeah, yeah, that that could definitely come into play. You know, the coaching staff has talked about how important that is throughout camp. Um, I'm interested whether or not to kind of piggyback off of our quarterback discussion. If they do go with two quarterbacks, if they would feel inclined to keep four running backs, yeah. um, or maybe you know just wherever they find an extra roster spot, um, where we're kind of maybe penciling in an extra guy if they shave that off and talk themselves into keeping four running backs. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, th- I think, you know, if you want to say four running backs and one of them being Jason Cabinda as the, as the fullback, he seems like he's an absolute roster lock at this point. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that third spot is definitely up for grabs. And, you know, we, we talked about it in terms of Jamar Jefferson. Yeah. Seventh round draft pick essentially is a glorified UDFA. Somebody who you draft. Right. Um, but that doesn't necessarily entitle him to keys to the kingdom. So, and with the way that Craig Reynolds has played with the way that Diedrich Mills has played, um, you, you have to think that this is, this is going to maybe, you know, tip the, tip the scales. This is definitely yeah. going to, this is definitely going to have a huge impact when it comes to cuts. And and what's fascinating to me is if you're the head coach, what order do you bring these guys out in? Because you really want to test all of them kind of as, as much as you can on an equal field. But that's just it's not how the preseason works. You're in the first quarter. You're seeing a, a whole lot of different competition than you are in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I think a lot of us are itching to see Craig Reynolds in, in the first or second quarter. And, we, you know, the Colts are probably not playing any starters on, on Friday either. So it's not like Craig Reynolds is going to get an opportunity to go up against, you know, a true NFL defense. But I think considering he's been fourth quarter all preseason, maybe you still kind of sneak him into that first quarter. But I'm not sure that's. That's how their lines are going to play it. I'm I'm very fascinated to see what they what they end up doing there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could go. They could do something where it's series by series. They could, you know, do it quarter by quarter. Who knows? But yeah, that that is definitely going to be one of the more intriguing things to keep an eye on. In addition to wide receiver battle. I mean, yeah, maybe the biggest one. Yeah, because Dan Campbell keeps mentioning it. Two two press conferences in a row. He's like, listen. That wide receiver battle is wide, wide open. And so here's what we know. We know Tyrell Williams is a lock. We know Amon St. Brown is a lock. We know Khalif Raymond is a lock. I think that's all we really, truly know. Like, I, I'm inclined to put Quintus Cephas close to that, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it because I, I just don't know. Like, yeah. a lot of these guys aren't making plays on a daily basis. I, Quintus Cephas is the closest, but he's not. I, I, I was going to ask you, do you feel that Quintez Cephas is closer than Brashad Perryman? I do. Yeah, absolutely. And Brashad Perryman, again, Which like... Which is shocking. We, yeah. we came into camp and we said Brashad Perryman is wide receiver number two. And, and I feel like this final week of camp was a huge opportunity for him because there was no Tyrell Williams. He's been out. Mm-hmm. And so without him, you're, you're getting some first team reps in there and, and you're getting an opportunity to show and, you're, and you haven't. So... I mean, the, the name that's on everyone's lips is Tom Kennedy and what the lines do with him. And, you know, I wrote an article on it. I've, I've gone on tweet rants about it. It's a really tough situation. The guy has has been the most consistent guy making plays in camp, period. 
more than really any receiver. But he's wrapping with second and third teams. But he's still probably the second or third best uh, slot receiver. But he's also the second or third best punt returner. So if you, if you keep him on the roster as, as wide receiver five or wide receiver six, what are you actually going to get out of him? Because it seems to me like you're going to keep that guy inactive almost every week, which is not worth the roster spot. Like, obviously, you have to keep some guys inactive, but um, I don't see this guy jumping into the, the, the playing field unless two guys go down. And so that doesn't seem like it's, a, it's worthy of a roster spot unless they can find something else for him to do on special teams. And they tried that a little bit today, but like three snaps worth. So maybe, maybe they try a little bit more of that during the preseason game. But Kennedy's a really tough call for me. Where, where are your thoughts on him? You know, I talked about it on our on our main podcast that uh, that we do every Sunday night. Um, I I think that Tom Kennedy has made about as best a case as he can to make this roster. Like, I don't think that you could really ask for anybody to perform any better in terms of in training camp, in preseason games. I I'm inclined to to you know align myself with your thinking as well in the sense that you know he he is kind of buried. Um, as the slot receiver, he's, you know, he's behind a couple of guys right now, but I don't know, like none of these other guys have really stood out. So I think it ends up being one of those, it ends up being one of those instances in which you say, this guy has played, he's, he's shown up, he's shown out, he's done what he's needed to do. We'll figure it out from there. Like we'll figure out a way to put him on the field. If, 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 if things come to that, he's depth for us, maybe he's maybe he can develop into like, you know, some other realm of special teams, whether or not they put him on like punt coverage or kick coverage or something like that. Like, um, I'm sure this guy is just dying to be on an NFL roster though. You know what I mean? So a a guy who's buried that deep on the depth chart, he has to be ready and willing to do anything to kind of realize that dream. So, I mean, I'm really rooting for the guy. I really hope that Tom Kennedy ends up doing something to, you know, take himself off, off this roster bubble. But you look around the rest of the room, Jeremy, Victor Bolden has just been He's terribly done. inconsistent, right? Done. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems like that was the guy that, if you want to talk about Camp Darlings before Tom Kennedy, he was the guy. Yeah. And I mean, talk about how the tides have, have turned. But, you know, Javon McKinley hasn't, I mean, he makes one catch in the fourth down for a touchdown. Um, right. he, I, I mean, Geronimo Allison, like Sage Surratt, are, are any of these guys eliciting no. any confidence in you? I mean, no. Tom Kennedy's got to be the name that you point to and say that guy's worked his ass off, right? Yeah, I mean, he's at worst wide receiver six. There's no question to me about it. And so if the Lions keep six, he's in. If they keep five, I just don't like I'm starting to lean putting Tom Kennedy in. The problem is that means either you're taking Quintus Cephas or Brashad Perriman out, which means suddenly you've got a big, big issue on the outside because then you only have Tyrell Williams and whoever you don't cut between Brashad Perriman and Quintus Cephas. And that's really it. Like Khalif Raymond, I know he's been getting a lot of reps on the outside. Maybe he is wide receiver two on the outside, but he's better in the slot. Um, I'm on around St. Brown, better in the slot. Quintus Cephas might even be better in the slot. So you're, you're leaving yourself really shorthanded. But, but like you said, like this team has, has talked, and, and the way Dan Campbell talks about Tom Kennedy, it, it really seems like they are going to find something to do. It, it's, it's their job as coaches, right? If a guy is showing you he can make plays, it's your job as a coach to put him on the field. Um, who I think it was Aaron Glenn or, or Aubrey Pleasant who said something like, listen, if you're good, 
and and he was talking about you know young players and, and getting young players playing time time kind of is relatively young 25 i think um if you're good we got to get you out there we're going to make room for you we're going to find a way to get you in there and so I'm starting to think that's the plan with Tom Kennedy. And I don't know if that means keeping a six wide receiver or kicking a guy like Brashad Perriman to the curb, because listen, I know I just got done saying like that leaves you perilously thin at wide receiver on the outside. But if Brashad Perriman isn't making plays for you on the outside, he's not really adding any depth there. Right. Then what is he adding? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't yeah, know. I'm totally. I, if I had to pick right now, I have Tom Kennedy in. I do. And I, that that's, I know that's changed from Monday, but um, just hearing some of the things, that Dan Campbell said, and, and just continuing to see Tom Kennedy in, in camp while Brashad Perriman did not take advantage of a big weekend for him. I, I think Tom Kennedy is, has worked his way maybe onto the right side of the bubble. I think either that's the duo or maybe even trio of camp darlings, preseason darlings that everybody's looking forward to on, on Friday is going to be a trio of David Blau, Tom Kennedy, and Craig Reynolds all lining up on offense and 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 that would make everybody's preseason hearts grow three times three times larger for sure um tight end yeah nope i mean we're not looking at any tj hawkinson probably uh, how much darren fells do you think we're gonna get i don't i think we might not get any i yeah, think we so, literally might be riding two tight ends the entire game and that's alizé mack and brock Wright, two guys that who are just like the lone men standing by default because everyone either got injured, went in a car accident or just got cut. Like it, it's not a great group. And I, we talked about this on the podcast. I, I'm starting to think tight end three is just not on the roster at this point, but there's probably a good chance. The original 53 is going to, uh, con, you know, have one of these guys. And again, it might come down to special teams, but I'd love to see one of these guys make a play or make a block. I don't care about tight end three <laughs> at this point. Like I I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I, the, I would be really disappointed if either of these guys ended up making the 53rd roster and sticking with it. Like yeah. they have done nothing to, you know, they've done to nothing to, to, well, to earn it or to really, you know, make me think, yeah, I want that guy out there because, you know, as you've talked about all throughout training camp, Jeremy, that tight end three guy has to be able to do everything. Oh, he has to be yeah. able to block. He has to be, you know, um, he has to be a threat in the receiving game. Because that's kind of how things are laid out right now. Like, yes, Hawkinson is kind of that old mold inline tight end who, who who can block and who can go out there and catch passes. But, you know, and Darren Fells, even that to a little bit of an extent, like he's more of a blocker than he is a receiver, but he could be a red zone threat. He can do some things. That tight end three has to be able to, he has to do everything in case yep. any of you guys get hurt. So I'm, yeah, I'm whatever. Tight end three, whatever. Like that's my analysis. <laughs> whatever who cares <laughs> you know that's fine let's move on to the offensive line then uh usually teams keep somewhere between eight and ten so let's count down the guys that that are safe we got taylor decker one jonah jackson frank ragnow halapuli vati vati panay sewell tyrell crosby i'm gonna call a safe matt nelson i'm gonna say is probably safe so we're at seven there do we want to call evan brown safe because he played center all of last preseason game and there isn't another back, a backup center on the roster right now that seems that's the way things are trending, right? Like it seems like they're going to keep like a backup center, not like one of those like backup. I play guard, yeah. I play center guys. Right. And the, I mean, the only other possible thing there at center is Evan Heim, who has been repping this, this entire week at center. Um, and we thought maybe we'd see that in last preseason game. I think we're almost certainly going to see him at center this game. So it's a potential way to win the, win a roster spot, but considering he just moved to that spot last week, 
I think it's kind of a long shot. Maybe that's more of a practice squad thing. So then you're left with maybe one or two spots between Logan Stenberg, Tommy Kramer, Darren Paulo, Dan Skipper. And Dan Skipper has been decent at tackle in the past. He's He's been on the team for a long time. Logan Stenberg is obviously a project um, that you were hoping was, was going to work out. Had one good preseason game, one kind of bad preseason game. How do you see that that sort of thing playing out on Friday night? I think when when you look at it with Sewell and Nelson and Decker and Crosby, like right now it kind of, I mean, we haven't heard anything exactly. in regards to like, you know, um, you know, trade talks or anything like that with Tyrell right. Crosby. So you're kind of looking to turn back to practice. So, right. So that's another good indication that they're probably just going to have him on the roster this year. So unless that makes any, um, unless there's any drastic changes to that, like that's four tackles. Like I can't yeah. see them making room for, for Dan Skipper on top of that. Um, the one thing that we probably will not see in preseason game three is Logan Senberg play center at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be, that would be to everybody's benefit. Um, I I'm leaning, like I'm leaning Stenberg. I'm leaning Stenberg yeah. for that final spot. Um, just because it's guard. I know, you know, right now I think that, you know, we, we just kind of laid it out, but Phi Jackson. Um, and then like from there, like, you don't really have a whole lot of depth at guard. So I feel yeah. like Stenberg just makes, he makes sense. Yeah. Especially if you're going to keep a guy like Evan Brown, who is the center. Like that's what right. he does. He plays center. Um, maybe he can play guard in a pinch. Who knows? Sure. Um, and and, but, and I mean, another thing to keep in mind is they've been cross training a lot of these backup tackles at, at guard all, all training camp. So, you know, don't be surprised if the lines are in a pinch that they, they move Matt Nelson to guard. Or even Tyrell Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing a little bit of that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I know that Eric Schlitt would absolutely just. Uh, I this is a PG podcast, but um, has Dan is Skipper as Dan Sk- kind of it is. <laughs> I think I feel like it is when we're doing it. Um, Dan Skipper is six foot ten. Yeah, he's tall. Like he, that guy can't play guard. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, no. so I, I think I think yeah, that, that lack, lack the lack of versatility is, is probably going to matter. That's probably going to hurt him um, when yeah. it comes to final cuts. So, yeah, I, do you think it's going to be Stenberg if you if you were a betting man? I do. I think Tommy Kramer is a guy that we've overlooked a little bit, but I, Stenberg had the one really good game. Pass protection is still a really big issue with him, but um, I, I do think this team is going to want to run and, and his kind of mauler mentality and, and ability to, to run block in in a pretty efficient way, I think, is going to you know, really appeal to this team. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say his job is safe going into the final game, but I think he's, he's going in, you know, on the right side of the bubble. Right. And and virtually anybody can go on the practice squad now these days, but True. literally everybody, Cr- anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Kramer seems like he's a guy that the lions could sneak on there and stash. Yeah. I mean, do you, any of these really reserve offensive linemen? I don't think any of them are picked up on waivers. I know offensive line is, is a very, you know, it, it's a coveted position that doesn't have a lot of talent there, especially in, in second string, but we, we've, we've all seen the backups this preseason. I don't think any of these guys are, are I don't think anyone is, is ready to pounce on one of these guys. So uh, hey, I think who yeah. knows? I mean, Cle- Cleveland could come calling for Logan Sandberg. The Patriots could come calling for Logan Sandberg. Bob <laughs> Quinn and Matt guy. Patricia are they're in orbit, man. <laughs> they're they exist. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, we have a guy to talk about on the defensive side of the ball that might be trade talks right before the Lions potentially cut him. We'll see who we're talking about when we come back 
on First Bite and talk about the defense for the final preseason game. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on our last first bite before the regular season. Question mark? Wow, I just said that out loud and it kind of shocked me, but it's true. Uh, we're talking about the last preseason games playing Friday night between Lions and the Colts and talking about basically all the jobs that are up for grabs. So let's move to defensive tackle where it may be one of the most fascinating positions because it's one, it's maybe the only one in which Lions might have to cut a guy that, that might catch on elsewhere because they are deep. We got Michael Brockers locked in. We got Aleem McNeil locked in. Deshaun Hand maybe locked in, injured, but probably not season ending, so they're not going to put him on IR. Nick Williams, I would say, is pretty safe. Levi Onzarike is definitely safe. So we're already at five there. Now you have to question whether you're going to keep six. I think, John, I think I might put John Penasini back in, and that would put me at six. Then you're left with two guys. Kevin Strong and Bruce Hector that are fighting for a jobs and have done a hell of a job so far. So I don't know, Ryan, which one of those guys, do you, do you agree that all the guys that I said that were safe are safe? And do you think it's just kind of Kevin Strong and, and Bruce Hector fighting for a spot? Do you think Penasini is, is in, he returned to practice this week after missing two, three weeks with an injury. What do you make of this position? It's, it's confusing to me. It, it is a little confusing. I, I, I see Bruce Hector as being somebody who could potentially fill that role of the uh, second on the depth chart at no tackle. Like I, I could see him potentially making, he, he's played there before. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't exactly fit the mold, but he would have that positional versatility that I think he, he might be capable of doing that. So maybe that might sway the coaching staff, um, you know, in addition to the, the really good play that he has had, um, you know, since joining the team just a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. but man, it's so hard to keep Kevin strong off this roster. Like that yeah. guy's been just one of the most consistent dudes, you know, from the beginning of training camp through the preseason games. It'd be really, it'd be really disappointing to see him not latch on. But I, I, I agree with you in the sense that Brockers, McNeil, uh, Onzerike, uh, Nick Williams, unfortunately, I, I think those four guys are roster absolute locks. Would I be shocked if Deshaun Hand isn't on the fifty-three? Yes. Would I? be shocked if he is on the 53 
No. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about Deshaun Hand. How, well, I like, mean, like, do, do you think do you think it's a for sure thing, um, or does that injury kind of influence you? Here's what I think has a good chance of happening: Deshaun Hand makes the initial fifty-three, is immediately placed on IR, and then Bruce Hector comes back and takes a spot. I, I think something like that, or Kevin Strong. You know, if if one or the other doesn't make it. Um, I, I think that has a really good chance of happening. Obviously, in order for that to happen, they have to pass through pass through waivers and not get claimed, which is, you know, a, a, a significant risk. Yeah. Um, but if you want to keep Deshaun Hand available for this year, you can't put him on IR before you cut down to fifty three. You put him on IR after you cut down to fifty three. You can bring him back in three weeks. Now, you know, it does. It's not the the eight week thing that it used to be. So yeah. I, and, I, and with I, his groin injury being a little bit more serious, it seems like than was initially believed that that might be the move. I, I think it is. And the question is just like, how much do you believe that one or both of those guys can pass through, pass through waivers in, in Kevin Strong and, and Bruce Hector? Because I think that's that's the logical route to go. And if you lose out on a guy, you lose out on a guy. You still have a really solid lineup in Brockers, McNeil, Hand. Williams owns Enrique like that. That's a really solid lineup. So it would suck losing out, uh, losing a guy like that. But you know, you, I mean, you can't, you can't keep eight, seven into your defender defenders. You, you're just going to have to let one of them go. And um, it's an unfortunate situation, but I, I, the problem is I, I just don't know if any of those guys can really win a spot on Friday because l- listen, like I had Penasini out of my last bubble watch. I have him back in after today because he was, first string defensive line goal line today. Like he's, he's back into it. I think the lines like him a lot. I was concerned. Maybe the injury would, would put him lower on the depth chart. It doesn't look like it has. So I think Penasini's in, which means maybe Kevin strong and Bruce Hector out. And I don't know how they can fix that with the numbers battles. They're, they're just too, they're just too many good interior defenders. Yeah. So it it essentially boils down to that scenario. I think Jeremy, where, um, you know, Deshaun Hand is clearly like one of the more talented players, but yeah. it's just a guy who has really struggled to be healthy. And the greatest ability, as always, is availability. So, um, I don't I mean, know. Yeah. They, they might make the decision that like it, we we can't trust this guy to be healthy, and and they could cut him. Like that's that's certainly an option. I I don't think it's the route they go. And you know, even Dan Campbell talked about him the other day, and, and when when he talked about it, almost he almost sounded like you know I don't think he's going to be ready for week one. Like that already seems to be assuming he's going to make the roster. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move to edge here because I think, again, we're very interesting territory here because it's a numbers game again, because Trey Flowers, Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, three locks. No question. Those three guys are in. Then the question is, do you keep four or five? And if you keep four, is it Charles Harris or Austin Bryant? If you keep five, is it both of them? Rashad Berry, probably not going to work his way onto the roster. Um, Interesting note about Austin Bryant is that today Dan Campbell mentioned him specifically as one of the guys who kind of surprised him today. Uh, it surprised him throughout the entire camp, I should say. He came in injured, worked his way up, made a few plays in the preseason. Has he? Has he? Is he almost a lock at this point? Maybe I don't know. Like that that scenario that you posed to me about you know do you keep Austin Bryant or do you keep Charles Harris? I I really would probably rather keep Austin Bryant at, right. at this Younger. point. Be- younger um somebody who actually um serves a purpose and can produce as a run defender um yeah 
and isn't just like a situational pass rusher. Like I think the Lions have that in Julian Okwara. And obviously they have a younger, potentially more talented guy. I would I would rather see Julian Okwara out there instead of Charles Harris. So um I, I, I'd prefer Bryant to Harris. But let me let me read you what Dan yeah. Campbell specifically said about Hunter Bryant today because it's it's awesome, not awesome, Brian. <laughs> Did I say Hunter Bryant because someone in chat mentioned Hunter Bryant? <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe. Austin Bryant. Uh, <laughs> he said about Austin Bryant, uh, but to watch him get back, watch him being here and get back on his feet under him and get the reps, get the load, he's been very impressive. I think this guy's really got a high ceiling and can continue to grow. He, I think he's even twitchier than I thought he was. That's it. I mean, that's... Sounds like a guy him. they want to keep for the future. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or at least see what they have. Like if that guy can live up to that ceiling that um, Dan Campbell sees with Austin Bryant. So, yeah, I, I think I think you got your five guys. Trey Flowers, Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant. Maybe Charles Harris. Maybe Charles Harris. All right. Linebacker uh, in Jamie Collins, Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes. I'm willing to also put Jalen Reeves maybe as a lock in, which means... You either have one or zero spots left for Anthony Pittman, Jelani Tavai, Tavante Beckett. The question is, media, fans have all given up on Jelani Tavai. Have the Lions. And I don't, I don't know the answer there. I mean, they didn't make him one of the, the five cuts that they, they could have this week, which means it seems like they want to give him one more chance. But can does I mean does he deserve a chance at this point? Does he yeah. have a realistic opportunity to change everyone's mind after we all saw with our own eyes what happened? Yeah, and again, this is Dan. These are Dan Campbell's words, not mine. But like, how big of an asshole would Dan Campbell be if he ends up cutting Jelani Tavai when he could have kept Don Mule back another week and not cut him on his birthday? Um, <laughs> oh okay. wow. Yeah, no, sorry, had to, had to bring up Long Snapper Battle 2021. Um, yeah, I here's the thing, is that I don't think a third preseason game is going to completely sway this coaching staff from what so clearly is already on tape in more than just two preseason games. Like, they can look back and they can see, like, a heavier Jelani Tavai doing the same mistakes and lacking instincts and not being where he needs to be in pass coverage and missing tackles and all of that stuff is already on tape. I don't think a third preseason game sways them from him being a cut to him being on the roster. I so I, you would hope not. Right. And I think that if they keep him, it's an indication that like they, they either have plans for this guy or they think that they can do something with him. And Maybe this roster is in a place where they can do something like that because it is so early in the rebuilding process. Like maybe you feel comfortable taking a chance on a guy like that because you think his ceiling is a little bit higher than another linebacker that's on the roster. But that's the only way I could see them rationalizing this. Like with the play that he has put out on the field in this preseason game or in these two preseason games, it seems like he needs it seems like the Lions need to move on from the Jelani to buy experience. Yeah, the, the way I read the situation is like they're almost doing him a favor because he did everything they asked of him mm. this offseason. Like he lost all the weight. He's learning a new position. He's he's doing this. He's doing that. 
and they're like, let's just let's just ride this out. Let's give him an opportunity to. I mean, and maybe it's it's as simple as this. Maybe they're putting tape out there for other teams. Maybe they're like, let's give this guy one more opportunity to to hopefully showcase himself to other teams and win a roster spot somewhere else. Because as much as I think we like to fantasize about Tavai potentially getting traded to one of the the Patriots cast off teams, um, that's he wasn't good under the Patriots defense either. Like I don't see that happening. Um, I don't see why. And, and also would, he's, would... he's slimmed down now. So yeah, yeah <laughs> he'd have to put on the pounds. Um, so yeah, I mean, t- let, let's, let's just all agree to is out and probably should be out, which means what do you do with that last spot? Is there a fifth spot? My la- my latest projection that I just kind of have running in the background, I publish it has only four linebackers, which means we're done. But Pittman and Beckett are, are guys that have flashed here and there. Devontae Beckett's an interesting case because he's a really small guy, like 220 pounds or something like that. Not bad on special teams, um, but super young. Um, the, the thing about him is that Dan Campbell basically telegraphed today that he's, he's aiming to put this guy in the practice squad. So okay. I don't think he makes the 53. Anthony Pittman is a, bit, is a guy who's been around a couple of years. Um, also not bad at special teams. I think he has a lot on this, this line. I don't think he's necessarily got anyone... I don't think his competition is in the linebacker. I think his competition is somewhere else. Maybe it's a sixth wide receiver. Maybe it's a fourth running back that he's competing against. I think if he has a good game um, on on Friday, that that maybe he rationalizes the fifth off off ball linebacker spot. Yeah, and and it's just a position, Jeremy, that we haven't really seen Anzalone and Jamie Collins play a whole lot. Obviously, yeah. we I mean we saw them play in one preseason game, and it was eleven snaps. So. You know, they're going to get plenty of opportunities. So if there's if there's somebody to pop, like you said, there there might be a position open um, for a fifth linebacker, depending on the rest of the roster construction. But like, again, this is another one of those positions where like running back, right? The the starters aren't playing tight end. The starters aren't playing at all. Like this is another one where the starters aren't going to be playing. Derek Barnes already has a spot. It's a it's a battle almost between Jelani Tavai and Anthony Pittman. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. This is unrelated to to that battle, but like, do you play Derek Barnes in this game? If I mean, if you're, pri- I mean, it seems like the primary goal of this game is to just figure out what you got, figure out those last twenty percent of the roster spots. But with your young guys, like, there is also a potential to continue to develop. Like, wouldn't even shock me if Panay Sewell, going back to the offense, plays a little bit in this game because they want him to be ready for Week One. Do you get Derek Barnes some reps in this game just so that he continues to develop? Yeah, I think so. I think that maybe you you treat him the way that you treated him in in game one. Maybe mm-hmm. he gets like between like eight and twelve snaps, something but like this that. This time, maybe at the beginning of the game, like you treat him almost yeah. like you would at a starter season game. You like give him a, a a series or two, and then get them the hell off so he's he's okay. I I would hope that so so say we lived in almost this this bizarre world where the starters were actually playing. I would want to see Derek Barnes play at the starters. Like right. if the if the Colt if the Colts right. first team offense was out there and you know they could maybe shift out Alex Anzalone and they could put in Derek Barnes instead, like yeah. Like I I, I would hope that they would do something like that. Yeah. All right, let's move to cornerbacks uh as we we trudge along here. Uh Okuda's in, Oruarie's in, Mike Ford, I'm gonna say, is in, Melifonwu's in. And now I don't know, like I guess I, I get I, at this point, I, I, I guess AJ Parker is in like the story of training camp. This guy comes out of nowhere and potentially wins the nickel job. I know uh, it was either Aaron Pleasant. Don't give him 
don't give him the, the nickel job. He hasn't won it yet. Um, but all signs point to AJ Parker, at least making the roster, which really kind of muddles the situation because we all thought the, the nickel job was at first between Corn Elder and Mike Ford. Then they signed Nickel Roby Coleman and we thought he was going to jump in and take the job. So now what do I mean? Now they got now Ford's on the outside. You got Nickel Roby Coleman in, and Corn Elder. Those guys are, I assume, going to be battling for a spot. You don't need a third string nickel, I don't think. And so I don't really know what the, the battle is there. Corn Elder is a guy who's been behind um, just due to an injury, but seems like he's back in the game. I, I think this, I think of maybe anyone on the roster, maybe this is a bigger game for him than anybody else. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I could totally buy that. I mean, we've seen no Corn Elder at all yeah. whatsoever. So, you know, that's a guy who's really playing for, I think, a roster spot at this point. And what about Bobby Price? We didn't mention his name. Yeah, he I mean, this is a guy who's been repping as as the gunner, the first team gunner alongside Mike Ford, every single rep this training camp. And that leads me to believe he's in. But he struggled a little bit like he, he mm-hmm. hasn't he hasn't taken to this transition to outside corner. He had a penalty on special teams during the last preseason game. I'm, I feel like he's starting to slip, but at the same time, I haven't seen him slip from that spot, which leads me to believe special teams is going to get him in. But can you justify that? Can you justify giving a guy a roster spot when you got a guy like Jalen Reeves Mabin, who's making the roster basically because of special teams? When you got a guy like CJ Moore, who we'll talk about in a second, who almost certainly is going to get a roster spot based on special. How many of these pure special teams guys are you going to give? Or do you see enough in Bobby Price? developmental wise it makes you think well maybe he can develop into an out yeah it, i think i think those are all great questions or great questions jeremy i mean y- you think about where the lions are at cornerback it's going to be a total youth movement and yeah. you would you would hope that maybe they would keep some veterans back there or that would be traditional thinking right and i think you covered it when aaron glenn had a great quote earlier in the week where he said you know young guys are going to play if they're ready to play like you, you can't be afraid to put young players out there out on the field and there's going to be young players out there on the field and Jeff Okuda and Amani Orarie. beyond yeah. that. I think it's all a toss up. Like yeah. who knows? I mean, Mike Ford was a guy who was repping at nickel cornerback. Yep. Maybe they might go that route. Maybe they might go the veteran route with Nickel Roby Coleman. Maybe Corn Elder, Once he gets healthy is the guy that everybody thought was going to be the starting nickel cornerback heading into camp. Once yeah. he was signed. Yeah, you know there, I, there, and there's AJ Parker. Like there, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of different scenarios you can see playing playing themselves out. But the back end of this roster, when it comes to cornerback depth, is going to be something really to watch on on yeah. Friday. And and you know one other interesting development that we saw at camp today with with Jeff Okuda missing a couple of practices. Who was the corner that slipped in? Defatu Melifanu. So maybe he, I mean, it's possible he's cornerback three on the outside, which is crazy because I think a lot of us thought he might just kind of redshirt this year and, and not do anything. It's a good chance we might see him not only on Friday, but uh, maybe during the regular season as well. Not afraid to play the young guns. Absolutely. And these guys, you know, a guy like Ifatu Melifanu wasn't tainted by the Patricia regime. So maybe he's coming in with a little more confidence than, than some of the guys that are returning from that regime. Finally, we got safety. Saving this one for last, I don't think there's really much to talk about, if I'm being completely honest. I think Tracy Walker, Will Harris, Dean Marlowe, CJ Moore, those are your four. Jalen Elliott and Elijah Holder, 
prime, you know, practice squad candidates. I don't think there's room for them on the roster. Jalen Elliott is a guy who's shown up at times in special teams, but again, we just went over three or four guys that that might already win this roster based on special teams only. Anything I'm missing with the safeties, Ryan? Uh, you're missing absolutely nothing. So let's just go back and say, how do we feel about Jerry Jacobs? Oh yeah, we skipped Jerry Jacobs, huh? Yeah, I just noticed uh, that. Yeah, I mean, but he's just another guy in the mix, right? It's like, another young guy in the mix, and at times he flashed in camp. I think his, I think he peaked already, and that's not saying he peaked in his entire career. I think just we saw the best of him already, and it's kind of slowed down. You know, I saw him a little bit. I, I saw him mix in with the, I think the twos today in training camp. Um, I just think it's too, too tall of a, a, a hill to climb in one preseason game, but I think he could win a spot on the practice squad um, with a good performance on Friday. Well, there you go. There's our talk of safeties, AKA Jerry Jacobs and his shot at playing cornerback for the Detroit lions in 2021. Do we need to talk about kicker battle 2021? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know how you, you discuss the kicker battle. Both guys have been semi inconsistent in camp. I don't know if you make a decision solely based on on one preseason game. Hopefully they get a chance to kick some damn field goals because last game they didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that'll that kind of be curious to see if, if maybe the lines lay up a little bit on drives and like, you know, don't don't take knees or anything. But like, what's yeah. more important to this team right now, scoring a touchdown in a meaningless game or, or getting some actual like pressure kicks? In, in a preseason game, I would say it's more important to kick some field goals. Like if it's like third and four and you're on the opponent's like 29 yard line, you're like, hey, David Blau, why don't you, why, why don't you throw a deep ball? Throw a deep ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Like throw it up there. Like, hey, catch a touchdown. We'd love I, it. I think, I think maybe you'd ask Tim Boyle to do that because you know it'd be incomplete. Although maybe be intercepted. You don't want that. You don't yeah. want that if you want to kick. Or if Dan Campbell's like pulling on a ref, he's like, come on, throw a flag on something. Like we're really trying to kick a freaking field goal. We got a kicker battle here, man. And we, um, you know, we're a little too close. We want to try like a 50 yarder. Can you just call the holding on this? Yeah. Can you call intentional grounding on a pass? That's so clearly not intentional grounding. Right. So it's a screen pass to yeah. a running back who's right freaking there. Yeah. Uh, so that sums up kicker battle, right? Like, I think it does. Like it, it, it's just something where, it's not going to be a decision that's made in one preseason game. Like yeah. if, if if Randy Bullock goes out there and misses a 38 yarder, but Zane Gonzalez makes a 48 yarder. Like, I don't think the coaching staff is like, well, Zane's the guy. Like, yeah, I, th- I think they probably know who their guy is at this point. Yeah, I think I think you're probably and I think it's probably Randy Bullock. He's just been a little bit more steadier. I know he missed a couple today, but it's just how you, it goes. And, and, and I, I don't think you're going to find a kicker that's perfect at this point. I know a lot of people are talking about trademark things like that. And I'm, I'm, I think it's, it makes more sense to, to go with the guy that you've been with in the entire training camp, who's been snapping with the same guys and dealing with the same holders and, and, you know, used to the same Ford field when, when he's had a couple kicks at Ford field. So I, I think that's probably going to be your guy, but you know, maybe, maybe something drastic, drastic happens on Friday. Do you think the Lions brought in Zane Gonzalez at all to maybe try to light a fire under Randy Bullock and maybe not light a fire, but be like, Hey, like, you know, you, you probably thought this was your job, but you're really not performing that well. So we'll bring in a, another guy who has starting experience. Yeah. I mean, I think he was asked something similar about that, like having to win the job twice, right? Like you, you beat one guy out, but you got to beat the other guy. And, and you know, his answer is just kind of a, a typical, 
you know, you know, I'm competing every day, whether there's a guy here or not. So I'm treating every day like I'm in a competition. Um, but yeah, like I, I, th- I think that makes sense. Obviously you want, most people want two kickers in training camp anyways, just so that you're, you're not tiring out a leg or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely puts pressure on them, whether, whether that's the intention to or not. Yeah. Well, speaking of putting pressure on things, preseason game three is going to be pretty pressure-filled for a lot of these depth players on the Lions roster. Hey, for myself, Ryan Matthews, at Ryan underscore POD, and for my co-host, Jeremy Reisman, at Detroit on Lion, the esteemed editor-in-chief of this uh, estate we have here, I bid you adieu. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.